Have you ever had an epiphany? I know, epiphany sounds a little mystical and magical. It's not a really word you think about having in your normal everyday life. Maybe you grew up within the church calendar and you think of epiphany as a holiday that's coming up this week on January 6th. It's a day in the Western church where we remember the Magi coming to visit the young family. Or in the Eastern church, the day we remember the dedication of Jesus. Both of these stories are where God reveals that salvation has come for the Gentiles, for, for the entire world. So that's one way we might think about epiphany. The other way is to consider the definition that it's a moment in which you suddenly see or understand something in a new or very clear way. Let me say that again. Epiphany can be a moment, a sudden moment, when you see or understand something in a new or very clear way. Now, uh, for me, this often happens when I'm in conversations with people, uh, the good and the bad. So it might be that uh, I sit down with somebody and I'm having problems understanding something or seeing something from somebody else's point of view, and they help walk me through it. And we journey, and I have this epiphany, this moment where I suddenly see what I was looking at in a new, clear way. And I'm thankful for those moments and the people that helped me have those epiphanies. And then there's times where you have maybe a negative epiphany, right? You're sitting with somebody this might happen a lot in the last couple of months around our holiday tables, and they say something, and you suddenly think, wow, I had no idea you thought that. You know, a good example is one time I was sitting with somebody, and they said to me, you know, I just really don't like coffee. I think it kind of smells disgusting. It's just not my thing. And suddenly I had the epiphany, wow, I don't know if I can be this person's friend. Okay, maybe not that drastic, but we do have moments where suddenly we see somebody or we see a situation in a whole new way. And I think maybe today, as we enter into this new year, we start to look at the year and wonder, how are we going to look at it? How are we going to frame it? Often around this time of the year, we start to think about the habits that have been formed in our lives and how we can reshape that. We think about our fitness goals, and I'm going to run more, or maybe we change our diet, or I'm going to get out more and socialize with people. We do the same with our faith life as well. And so I wonder, maybe if Jesus had been sitting with us over these last couple months around our holiday tables, what would he have said to us? What maybe epiphany would Jesus have guided us to? And so I was drawn to the text of John chapter 17. From John chapter 14 through 17, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. It's the meal before he goes to the cross. And while he's sitting with them, he, he speaks often about uh, his desires and hopes for them, where he wants them to go and be and to know as he departs from them in the way that they have known his presence. And in John chapter 17, he begins to pray for his disciples. And he say, says, after Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
So here Jesus gets to this just kind of crowning moment of his conversation with them. And he's praying for them, and he says this pivotal line for me. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. That they may know you. Here as Jesus prepares to send off his disciples into a new reality, a reality where he's not walking in the same way he was with them before the cross. He really wants to anchor into their minds that the goal for them, the goal for life, for eternal life, is life here and now spent with God and knowing God, knowing God in a relational way, not just knowing about God or knowing things and facts and figures, but truly relationally knowing God, that this actually is the life of eternity that starts here for the disciples and carries on for them. It's also our life here and now. So as we look into this new year, maybe we're starting to set goals and we're trying to anchor in some of those goals. Some might center around our spiritual life. Right as we, as we think about, oh yes, I wanna enter into this new fitness plan or these other things in my life. Sometimes we do the same with our spiritual life. We enter the new year and we say, ah, I'm going to attend church more. Maybe I'll go once every two months. I'll speed up that regularity a little bit. Or maybe we say, you know, I'm gonna try to pray every day. Or I'm going to read scripture every day. I'm gonna read through the Bible this year. All of those things are wonderful. They're great ways to improve your union with God and to move deeper into your relationship with God. Just like all of the things that also we might be adding on this time of the year are wonderful things that might improve our lives. But the problem I think sometimes we get into is the, the goal behind all of it. Sometimes uh, those things in themselves become our goals. Our goal might be to really pray really well every day. And that's wonderful. But if it is the goal, it's always gonna be setting the bar a little bit too low. Because we'll set up to think that I've got to hit my prayer mark each and every day in this, or I've got to read my Bible each and every day, and inevitably, we will fail. We're not gonna quite hit that. But there's a beauty that when our goal is union with God, that Jesus has already helped us achieve that goal. We've already met that. And so all of the new metrics that we add in of how we're getting closer into our relationship with God just become avenues in which we're living into the reality that we have union with God. So our prayer lives, our scripture reading, our fasting, whatever spiritual discipline you might feel drawn to, it's all about us moving deeper into this relationship with God. It's about drawing deeper into union with God. And so whatever those practices might be or how regularly you do them or how often you forget to do them, don't quite matter as long as we're moving deeper into union with God. So the goal is that, union with God. The other things are lovely, they help, they improve our way along that journey. But always we have to remind ourselves of what the goal is. What is eternal life? It is to know God. It is to know God. And what I really love about this passage in John chapter 17 is that it's not just really even meant for the disciples that were in the room that day. 
at the end of the chapter, starting verse 20, there's these verses that probably were originally intended for those that John was writing this to go out to, to those early churches, many people who had not met Jesus before the cross and resurrection. And so they're hearing this on account from John, but I think also these words come forward to us today. So in John chapter 17, Jesus says, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. Hey, that's you and me. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So here Jesus speaks forward to you and I. These these promises of union with God were not just meant for the disciples in the room that day. But Jesus around maybe our table in our everyday life speaks to us and says this deep prayer and hope that we would be in the Father, in Jesus, in the Spirit, just as Jesus was connected to the Father. As Jesus modeled this deep union and prayer in his life with the Father, so it is attainable for us. So it is something for us to live into, to trust into. Jesus, after that moment goes, he's, he dies upon the cross, he's resurrected, and he meets with his disciples again in John chapter 20. He appears to them and says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So here in the scene, Jesus comes and he's with his, his closest friends again, his disciples. And the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. So one thing that union with God does, one thing that Jesus did in helping us attain this goal is union with God makes us whole. The word peace uh, comes from the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom uh, really means to make whole again what has been broken apart. So think about a jar or a pot smashed and broken. Shalom would be to take those pieces and to remeld them back together. And for us, when we move through life, we enter and sin enters us and damages us and mars us and breaks us apart. And what Jesus did is he comes and peace, shalom. He shaloms us back into wholeness. That union with God, when we, when we get into that state of being that way with Jesus, we're made whole again. Peace be with you, he says. Peace be with you. And he demonstrates this, God with them, by breathing upon them and the Spirit of God coming upon them and entering them. Now, this is a callback to Genesis and the creation stories. And it's this moment where God breathes into humans and they have life. And here Jesus is breathing into his disciples new life, true life, whole life, life with God. No longer to just have to try and find God in a certain location or the temple or any of those ideas, but that God would be with them wherever they would go. In Jesus' words, they would not be orphaned. 
well, that God would be with them, the helper would be with them. And this is important, I think, for us today. Often I, I move through life as if, well, God's just in certain places. God's maybe just in the church, or God's just when I pick up my Bible, or when I pay attention to God. And through the Advent series, we, we tried to pay attention to the fact that we need to be aware of God's presence with us. And so here, again, is this call to know that God is with you today, as close as the breath from your mouth. God is with you. This nearness of God has not gone away, has not stopped. But this is the reality that we step into when we enter into the way of Jesus, that we step into a way of living life here and now in this future, not yet reality that God is fully with us, inhabiting us, walking with us, journeying with us. So that when we go into all those other areas of life in which we're thinking about how can I improve in these things, our workspaces, God goes with us. Our homes and our relationships, God goes with us. In the very joyful celebration moments, God goes with us. In the dark and the hard moments, God goes with us. Here's this beautiful gift from Jesus. Go, be sent, but not alone. Not to figure things out, not to just grasp on life until we get to death and then we finally get to have eternal life and be with Jesus. No, eternal life here and now. Life with God here and now. The other beautiful part about this little passage out of John 20 is that as he breathes on them and gives them the spirit and sends them, well, he doesn't send them to just go hold up in a room by themselves or just enjoy the fact that they now have union with God and what a wonderful life they now have. But he sends them out to, to go and to take that peace, that shalom to others. When he talks about forgiving others, he's speaking about taking this, this ability to go and take God's love and grace and forgiveness and let it be known to others so that they may experience the peace, the shalom of God making them whole, of fully entering into relationship, into union with God, so that they too may be healed and made whole. So as we look forward into this year and we think about, oh, what is a great way I can live this year? Well, to move it deeply into union with God, to pay attention to our rhythms and what we do and how we live a life fully with God, to be aware that God is with us in our everyday life. And as we become aware of that, hopefully becoming shaped more deeply in the image of Jesus, we become people that bear the fruit of the Spirit in our everyday life. We become people that are more loving, kind, gentle, and patient. We become people that are self-sacrificing, looking out for those that are in need, that need the love of God to come to them in real physical, tangible ways and spiritual ways, wherever God may guide you to bring peace, to bring shalom this year. And this is what happens when we realize that we're in union with God, when we realize that God is walking with us, we realize that we're getting pulled into the story of God. We're getting pulled into this wonderful, beautiful fact 
that God wants to use us to go out and bless others, to bring them into relationship with them, with the Trinity. And so as we think about how do we do this, I know it can still sound a little bit uh, out there, right? How do we do this practically within our life? And so I'd like to just, with the last few minutes here, just guide us in a little bit of time of prayer. Rich Velotas says, Our pace is too frenetic to be in union with God, and we don't know how to quiet our hearts and minds to be present. So what I'd like to guide us into is just a moment of being present. This is, we're going to take a little passage of Scripture, we're going to pray through it. This is something I encourage you, you can do it this week ahead, as often as you would like but allow it to be a space where you remind yourself that you have union with God and that God is with you. So I'm going to use Hebrews chapter 12. You could use whatever scripture might be helpful for you, but I think this would be a good one for us to start the year. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So as I guide us into this moment of prayer, just um, maybe just take a second to relax. Take a deep breath. Maybe we need to be reminded of what God's voice sounds like. That God is not angry with you. God's not in a hurry. God's not going to force this down you. But God's voice is loving. God is love, gentle and kind. So in Hebrews chapter 12, says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. So now just move through those verses. Consider the fact that it says that lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. So maybe just think about what's weighing you down today. What is heavy upon you? What's pressing deeply on your mind? And just offer it to God. Ask God to give you clarity in it help to guide you towards maybe a solution, towards healing. Then consider the phrases, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us run with perseverance. Think about the people that surround you in your life that help you run with perseverance. Maybe just offer a prayer of thanks. Prayer of thanks for them now. And then looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus, the one who came and lived life as you and I did, that walked through all the joys and pains, this 
Middle Eastern man now looks at you and says, follow me. So just try to picture that for a moment. Jesus smiling at you. Jesus taking delight in who you are. You know, those, those knowing smiles and glances you share with somebody that you love deeply when words aren't even need, need to be spoken. Jesus looks at you. Jesus endured the cross for you, took on shame for you, and looks at you deeply with love. And just sit for a few seconds within that love within that delight. I hope that uh, you can maybe take this practice, whatever prayer practice or any type of spiritual discipline you feel drawn to, that you could take this this week and just maybe for a few moments within your day, be reminded that God is near you and you have union with God and that God looks at you with delight and love and patience. And maybe along the way, Jesus will guide you to a new epiphany about something in your life this week.